All right. Well, we'll turn back in our Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Peter, and we will continue on in the Word of God. I thought I might uh, veer off a little bit here and go to something else. I think I might Sunday. You just pray, God, help me to figure out exactly what is needed for the hour. But uh, I believe the Lord would just have us here tonight in the book of Second Peter. We'll continue on. Um, we've begun chapter number two, and so we'll uh, continue on in chapter number two. Uh, we remembered the fruitfulness in the present. We need to remember that in chapter number one. He uh, talks about the knowing. It has been mentioned so many times. We started off knowing our Savior, knowing our standing, knowing our salvation, and ends the chapter of knowing the Scriptures. Uh, and so then he's going to deal with knowing the, seduc- the seducers next. And uh, so we'll get a chance to look at that here tonight. But um, it, hinges, it hinges upon a lot of what we know. And so God doesn't want us to be ignorant. And that's why he exhorts us to be um, uh, remember that we have a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, Where until we do well that we take heed. And so um, thank God for the word of God. We've gone through that uh, several times, and I think that's pretty much set here. And so uh, I won't continue to uh, labor that point, but um, let's just not, let's not forget uh, to um, take heed to the Word of God and put into practice what we know, right? We're not supposed to deceive ourselves by being hearers. We need to be doers of the Word of God. And so that's what I believe all we're here for tonight. I don't know about you, but um, I need help heeding to the Word of God. And um, so faith then cometh by hearing, for without faith it is impossible to please God. And so the just shall live by faith. Uh, and faith is grounded upon the truth of the Word of God. And faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So uh, it's very important. And so he ends the first chapter uh, of the, um, the authority that's flawless. And so, knowing this first, no privacy of the Scriptures, if any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. So God instituted it, God started it, and God's always in the beginning, and God is always previous. And I thank the Lord for that. Uh, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that's how we end chapter number 1. And that's important how he ends that chapter in verse number 21. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And he's going to contrast that next with unholy men that speak. And so there's a contrast, and so he awakens us to the truth that um, uh, don't don't forget uh, that it was in difficult days that these holy men spake as well. And they spake in times being moved by the Holy Ghost Uh, They lived in a time that they were speaking and preaching, and they were doing it in a time when the majority was unholy and speaking perverse things, right? Um, The majority is not um, the mob rule. Majority is not always a guidance of what is right and wrong. A lot of times the minority uh, with God, the ones that are in the minority are often the ones that are right. But it just makes note here in chapter number 2 and verse 1, but... So we come from holy men of God that spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost 
Now we come to chapter number 2 and talk about false men who are unholy, and they're not moved by the Holy Ghost, right? They're self-willed. They move themselves, right? God's not moving them, and they're not under the direction of the Spirit of God. They are under their own direction. They do what they want to do. He's going to go on and actually use these words in talking about these men that are self-willed. And so we remember the fruitfulness in the present, and we've begun here in chapter number 2 of remembering the fallacy of the pernicious. And so verse number 1, I want to say this, so we need to recognize the fallacy. Now, heresy is not honest error. Let's read the verse. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And so um, even John mentions to us, little children, let no man deceive you. God doesn't want you to be deceived. And so he gave you a word that you can try all men by and their opinions, right? These are opinionated people. These are people that have erred from the truth. So what they're teaching and what they're preaching is not biblical, right? It's opinion. It's what they believe to be true. It's their, it's their truth, right? Not the truth. And so uh, God gives us a, 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 an easy way to spot them. Uh, all we have to do is just open the Bible and compare what they're saying with the word, right? And so we have something to compare all men by. And so um, he starts out here in this verse of, of recognizing the fallacy. Uh, again, uh, heresy is not honest error. Uh, it is the hypocritical perversion of religious truth to the purposes of excessive indulgence and liberty, contempt of just restraints of the law and sin. And so he's going to lay that out, and that's a large mouthful, but heresy is an opinion. Heresy is a choice. Heresy is not uh, something where all of us have been to. I believe I was talking to one man uh, here tonight. I, uh, there was times that I've believed certain things because I've heard them said until I got in the Bible, and then the Bible uh, corrected my theology, right? And the Bible's got a habit of doing that. And so uh, uh, what you hear being said or what you just accept to be true, uh, if you'll stay in the Bible, the Bible will keep you balanced and it'll keep you in the truth. Not your truth, not nobody else in God's truth, right? And it'll help keep you balanced. The Christian life is a life of balance. There's always a ditch on either side. And you'll always find yourself and, uh, having to be careful lest you find yourself battling one thing so much to the point you end up in the other side of the ditch, right? We do that with, um, I have a tendency to do that with lordship. We talk about right here in this verse, one of the main problems that these men have is the authority and rulership of the king of kings and the lord of lords. They're not going to be ruled by anybody. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Those the, that's the, uh, that's the uh, belief system of these false teachers. They deny lordship. They don't deny saviorship, right? They don't want to go to hell, so they don't deny being uh, Jesus Christ as savior. They deny lordship. It's, a, it's, it's, it's who's in charge that they have a problem with. They're self-willed. They want to be in charge. They want to do what they want to do. And in fact, he's going to go on and talk about how they want to make merchandise out of people at the expense of truth. What's the cost in buying you? The truth. 
And anybody that's willing to uh, sell the truth to gain you uh, is uh, not your friend, right? Uh, and uh, it's a shame. You got uh, even uh, pastors and preachers in pulpits uh, that are willing to compromise the truth for the sake of numbers. And uh, so uh, you have become merchandise to them. You have become a commodity to them to buy and sell, right? At the cost of truth. Truth is the expense always. And so you are someone they can buy at the expense of truth. And so if they'll compromise the truth, they can gain your approval or your following. That's what they're wanting. They're wanting people to follow them. They're wanting to be recognized. It's about them. And these are people we should be able to spot, right? And they're not our friends. They're not okay. They're not just, they're not people that are just misled. These are wicked, evil people that are being marked and avoided, right? Uh, and, and I know that's uncomfortable, but uh, because uh, as you have this love of God shed abroad in your heart, um, you know, it's not easy to be controversial. And I, it's not a fun thing for people not to like you or be in disagreement with people. Uh, but we have to stand on the truth, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered, right? There's one truth, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There's one, 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 one truth, right? And so we have to defend that and stand for that and follow in the apostles' doctrine. Is that what the Bible teaches us? What is doctrine? Doctrine's teaching. Teaching's important. This week, uh, uh, what, as you're going to see here, what he's going to go on and talk about, the judgment that comes to these people, and it is coming to these people and has come upon people in the past, is not merely for what they taught, but what they taught led to their destruction. Why? Because what they taught governed what they did. What they believed governed what they did. And in their ways then, the truth is evil spoken of. Right? Not what they teach necessarily, but what they teach and what they say and what they believe will lead to destruction. Right? It's very important who we listen to, who we follow, who we lend our ear to, and what we lend our ear to. Right? That's why we tell you young people, the spirit of music. The uh, Music is something that was, uh, it's not merely an earthly thing. Uh, music is a heavenly thing, right? There's a choir in heaven. Uh, in fact, Satan himself led the choir in heaven. He led those things. Satan is heavily involved, heavily, uh, heavily involved in music, right? Because there's teaching in music. You may not recognize it, but uh, you will begin to uh, be governed by a lot of things that you listen to. You got to be careful uh, of what you say and what you hear. And so he's going to go into this. And so uh, we just have to be uh, very careful uh, about these false prophets. And that's part of the reason why every person needs a pastor. Right? I, I, I don't say this because I am one. I'm saying this because of the necessity of it. I need a pastor. I, I know a lot of preachers that say, well, see, your membership's here, brother Jeff's not your pastor. Well, I don't care how you want to look at it. Jeff Plemons is my pastor. And I go to him, and I lean on him. And I hope that if he sees me going the wrong way or teaching the wrong thing, he'll rebuke me for it. I, I need it. Everybody needs a pastor, just like every man has to have a high priest. Well, nobody gets to God but through a high priest. And thank God that priest is in heaven where he lives to make intercession for you after the order of Melchizedek. King priest Jesus. Not after the Levites, not after Aaron, not after the Levitical priesthood, but after the order of Melchizedek whose uh, priesthood continueth forever. Why is that any different? Because Melchizedek was a king priest and Jesus is a king priest. So yes, he's a prophet. Yes, he's a priest. But Jesus Christ is king and Lord and ruler and he bought you with his blood and he has the right to tell you what to do with your body. 
And anybody that does not like that is self-willed, and they have a problem with authority, and you'll go on down and see just all of the ugly things that it leads to. So uh, uh, I, I hope you embrace the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father now. Jesus Christ is Lord. Love that. Now, a lot of people don't like that, but I love that. And I hope you, I know you do too. You wouldn't send, continue to sit here and listen to me say it over and over. Jesus is Lord. He's ruling and reigning. Just he, uh, yield your life to his rule. It'll be a difficult ba- a balance every day of your life, denying yourself and letting Jesus have his way in your life every day. It started at salvation, right? Repentance and faith were worked in our heart and wrought in our hearts by the Holy Ghost at the point of salvation, and we've continued those things daily. So why people uh, battle lordship is because they don't, ha- they don't have an understanding of it. Uh, but what I mean by that is Jesus is the ruler. Does that bother anybody? And Jesus is in charge, and he bought me with his own blood, right? The blood. And I believe his literal blood, by the way. But he bought us with his blood, his literal blood. And he, so he owns our body. And he can tell us not to fornicate with that body. He can tell us what to, uh, what to feed our bodies and what we should listen to and what we should hear and where we should go. Jesus is in charge of our lives. And so uh, and you say, well, I don't deny that. Well, there's a lot of people that do. There's a lot of Baptists that do, right? And so if you've got a spirit of nobody's going to tell me what to do, you've got a spirit of rebellion in you. And if you won't mind authority you can see, you'll never mind authority you can't see. And that's why God puts you under tutors and governors and you're in a home. And if you'll rebel against your mom and dad and you'll rebel against God-given visual authority, never will you ever submit to authority you cannot see, which is God ruling in the heavens. And that's why God said the first commandment of promise for you young people is, is that you obey your mom and dad, right? That's the first commandment with promise, that your days may be long upon the earth, submitting to authority, because one day you're going to be handed over to the authority of God. Now, you're under it now, but understand what I'm saying is that you're under the authority of your mom and dad, but that comes to an end at some point, and you're going to answer right to God. And if you submit to him like some of you submit to your mom and dad, then it's not going to go well for you. See, God's, God's paddle is a lot worse than mine. You can drill holes in it and cause it to even sting a little bit more, but it'll never hurt like God's able to hurt you. So God doesn't hurt people. God kills people, and God makes people alive. He wounds people, and he heals them, right? Now, that's what the Bible said. So junk your opinion of who you think God is and just read the Bible. The Bible said God kills and makes alive and wounds and heals. God does that. It's uncomfortable to think about, but that's what God does. So therefore, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, right? For it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Wonderful. But you can judge yourself and avoid that, right? Repent. Go to your advocate and avoid God having to deal with you. Isn't that wonderful? He gives us that opportunity and loves us enough, though, it won't let you keep going the way you want to and destroy yourself. He'll still intervene in your life. Isn't that wonderful? We're going to get to that. i got to rush when we get ahead of myself. But we've got to recognize the fallacy. Well, how are we going to do that? If you've got preachers that preach and they, uh, they go under the same titles, often many of them, and they, one says one thing and one says the other thing, how are you going to know what's true? You've got to be in the Word of God, right, to be able to judge those things by. And part of my duty as a, as a preacher is to make sure that I, that I uh, um, investigate what these men preach before they get into the pulpit so that they don't preach something to you that's contrary to this Bible. 
That's part of that's why I believe every person needs a pastor, somebody who can watch over them, a real shepherd, not a hireling uh, who runs and, and who's bought and uh, sold and runs and has no care for the sheep, but a true shepherd who's going to watch out for the wolves and he's not going to let them come in here and lead you away with private, uh, privately sneaking in damnable heresies. He's going to watch out for it, call it for what it is, and toss them out on their hind end. Is that okay to preach and say here? I hope so. I got little use for it. We're talking about heresy here. We're not talking about honest error. I can say things about honest error. That's why there has to be continuity in a church. You can't have a Sunday school teacher teaching something the opposite of what the preacher says. Right? There has to be continuity on the, because it, it leads to mass confusion. And that's why. And so God's give you a pastor, a gift from your heart. And so uh, to help watch out for these wolves and to help watch out for uh, people. And, and that's what bothers me. Yes, I see so many Baptist churches in our day that are literally being destroyed by people who have gotten themselves into positions in churches that they should never be in. Well, who let them in there to begin with? God put a pastor in that church to keep these heretics out from positions of authority in churches and ruining churches. A pastor failed somewhere, right? I'm not mad at anybody. I don't want to fail. I could fail, right? But it's my job to watch out for those things. And, and people get in positions of authority in the church, and they preach and teach damnable heresy, the Bible said. This is, this is uh, uh, you're talking about things that, that, that go so far as to deny the fact that Jesus is Lord. That's how far they've taken this thing. Why? Because they want to rule their own life. They want to, go, they want to govern their own life. They want to go their own way. They don't want to be told what to do. People battle that now. Well, I don't think God, uh, I heard one person tell me one time and uh, say that and say, well, I don't think God cares about that. Well, if God didn't care about it, he wouldn't take, say so in the Bible, would he? Would he take the time to let men bleed and die and preserve your Bible and bring you a word if he didn't care much about it? Right? God cares a lot about a lot of things that we don't seem to care about. And so thank God for somebody uh, that's got his eye out uh, for heretics and false teachers that teach damnable heresies and keep them out of Baptist churches. Thank God for men like that. Amen. Because they sneak in privately. That, that's what that word means. It's secrecy. It's, it's not just in how their approach is. It's, it's in what they teach. See, you have people that are so sly in this thing, and so they'll teach, uh, a, they'll, they'll bring this, her, this heretical belief alongside of the truth. They'll, they'll manage to push it in and away. Uh, they'll be like the devil. The devil didn't say, hey, God doesn't exist. He didn't say anything. You're, you're, you're fooling yourself. That's not what he said, did he? He just caused a little bit of doubt of what God said, right? But it was heresy nonetheless, right? And that's what they'll do. They'll sneak it in. It's very hard to identify. And, and, and so it's a, it's a willful thing that, they, that somebody does. It's not something that, hey, we all have. Uh, there's some things in this book, Brother uh, Alex. There's some things in this book I, I just don't know. I think I got it figured out. I'm not sure. And I like talking about the Bible because there's some things I just don't know. It's not talking about things that maybe you were led to believe because you were unsure uh, and, and maybe you, you read a book that kind of got you messed up. I told you about that one time I read a book who that man has since denounced what he wrote, but that one book rightly divided is extremely hyper-dispensational. And it had me extremely messed up for a while, but God gave me a pastor. 
And that pastor preached out of the book of James, and he said, how in the world can you make this fit anywhere else? This is not the tribulation saints. This is for you today. And he had no idea I'd read that book. Isn't that wonderful? And I thought, that's inescapable. That doesn't fit. That can't, the book, the, the, it can't stop at Hebrews. I mean, uh, so, I mean, it just, it's it just like God, just a light bulb went off. <laughs> it's from Bible preaching. Somebody just preaching the Bible. So, so, uh, uh, uh thank God for, uh, somebody that'll just cry out against some false teachers. I, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a bad mark on us in these days that we're able to just get along with anything. And now, that, and now they come out in our nation and they all just want to get together and let's all just come together under this banner of love, bring your guns with you and we're still going to murder babies, but we want all inclusive. We're all going to come together. I got a news flash for them. I'm not coming together with that bunch. They're murderers, they're liars, they're deceitful, they're wicked, they're evil, they're not of God, we're not on the same team, we're not on the same planet, we don't live in the same, we, we, are, we are in two totally different spheres. <laughs> right? And I'm not coming together underneath the banner of love at the expense of the truth. Because you take the truth out, you don't have love. You got a bunch of perverts, what you got. Truth keeps love inside of its proper bounds. That's, that, that, that's what the problem is. And see, if you try to define love and make it sensual and you get it outside the bounds, you take pornography for an example. Uh, the devil has, has, very, has done something to you, young, to you young men or any man that gets involved in that when he robs you of the value of a human life and replaces it with the pursuit of a feeling that no person can ever satisfy. You're, you'll never be filled with that. And you get caught up in that, and you'll end up like these people down here. You have eyes full of adultery. You can't even open your eyes without seeing uh, uh, immorality. Right? And, and you can't stop it. <laughs> That's what's happened to these people. Uh, and why is that? Oh, I'm going to tell you why it is. It's because they would not let Jesus lord over their life. Right? They wanted to run it for themselves. They'll, they'll teach things and they'll come along and say, for we're no longer under the law. Well, amen. Paul said, for you're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. But they'll teach you we're not under law as for you to understand that to mean you're at liberty to live any way you want to and you can still go to heaven. So they'll take a verse and twist it up in their opinion. But that's not what he said. He said, how therefore do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. Let it not be named one time. I write unto you, little children, that you don't just uh, live in liberty because you're under grace. I'm writing unto you because you've known the truth and the truth is in you. And I'm telling you that you sin not. That's what the grace has taught us, right? Grace, grace has gone far beyond the law and where the law could ever go. And God can expect that out of you. People go back and you, you can bring up David. You can bring up all these Old Testament people. But were they indwelt by the power of the Holy Ghost and born again? So we can go back and use some examples. Yes, that's true. But God expects a lot out of me and you because he indwells our mortal bodies. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. And so he can expect you to live and to, and, and to, and to uh, how about this verse? Uh, put away uh, the weights and the sins that so easily beset you. Did God say that for fun? Because you don't have the power to put off weights and sins that beset you? No, it's his expectation because you can do that in the power of God. Right? You can't do it in the flesh, but you can do it in the power of God you can. Right? Sad thing is, every day we don't do it. And we got a mind that thinks things that shouldn't think, and we don't even intend to think them. Right? That's why you got to be careful what you subject yourself to. Right? 
get around, get around these uh, uh, people and you've subjected yourself to those kinds of things, it's one thing. Uh, let's go on. We got just a couple of minutes. I wanted to uh, just mention just a couple of things here. How many times, uh, well, I, I'm not going to go into that, but so many times we're warned in the Bible to watch out uh, for these false teachings and and First uh, uh, Corinthians 11 talks about that there must be heresies among you. Remember, he said that it's necessary that those that are proved young among you may be manifested. So uh, this it's not a it's not a bad thing, but it helps you to recognize the good and the bad. Uh, that you are able to see the fallacy and recognize what is false, what is not true, what is not so. And uh, then uh, this last part is I'll just uh, remember this one thing in verse number one because I'm going to go on to refuse to follow. But listen to this this, ver- this verse number one. This is what I thought about today. Now you think about this. Now this has nothing to do with it, but I just thought about this. Remember who's writing verse number one. And he says to us, he said, there are also false there were false prophets in that day, and there's false teachers in your day. And listen, listen to what he said. Is they bring in damnable heresies, and he goes on to talk about that, even denying the Lord that bought them. Now, you know what's a miracle to me. And I don't think you can preach it. I'm like Billy Mitchell. You can't preach it any tighter than I like. You might preach it tighter than I can live, but you won't preach it any tighter than I like it. <laughs> I may not be able to live up to it, but I like it. It's just straight preaching on holy living. Right? I just have a problem living up to it a lot of time. But I like it. But here, 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 think about this. I want you to think about something now. Think about this. Peter just told us that there are false prophets that deny the Lord. Does that seem strange to you, Brother Mar? And I thought about this today. How in the world, I wonder what Peter thought when he had to write those words under inspiration of the Spirit of God. This is the exact same word, so there's no different translation. This is not meaning anything different than exactly what, what Peter did when he denied the Lord. Did he not deny it? And I thought, what a piercing dagger to the heart. That he had to be reminded of what he was. But now how God has saved him and what he's able to be now. See, isn't that wonderful? So here, here's what I'm trying to say. Just in that little thought that doesn't, that doesn't lend any... Uh, uh, I'm not taking that out of context. It's just a little thought that I had. Because I want to give you some hope. I want you to uh, have some hope about something. Just because you've been guilty of something in your past... You can't let the devil stop you and get, get in your mind and keep you from going on for God and being able to stand for something that's true, though you may have been guilty of it in the past. Does that devil not do you that way? Well, look at what I did this week, or look at what I said. I've got no right to witness, or I've got no right to talk about, you know, how a person should be faithful. I missed last week. Listen, all that, you've got to throw that stuff out the window, and you've got to be like Paul, who Paul said that uh, it's, uh, uh, to many of us to be perfect, although as a man, I'm not already perfect. Remember in those verses in Philippians? And he said, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark of the prize of high calling God in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to forget all that. Listen, God's forgiven that. Can I say something to you tonight? And just something that gives me some just Holy Ghost hope here. Just because you've done something, God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And you can, God let a man write a book of your New Testament who had done the exact same thing that he just told you was a damnable heresy. And these people are false prophets. And he was guilty of the same thing. And God let him write one of your New Testament books. Boy, that's grace. Grace, grace. God's grace. 
Grace that is able. <laughs> Wonderful. That, 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 that shouldn't excuse any of us in here for any bad behavior, and I'm not trying to do that, but I know how the devil gets to you. He, gets, he wants you to fall. He wants you to sin. He wants you to do something wrong to try to keep you from doing anything this day forward. If God's forgiven you and God's put it under the blood, you need to go on and stand for the truth, and if nothing else, it'll make you a better witness to say, I know that's going to ruin you because I've been there and done that. I'd have never listened to that man sitting right there if he hadn't been through what I'd been through. And God saved him from it, Tyler. And it gave me hope in my soul that if God saved him from it, God saved me from it. Boy, that just excites my heart. So the, the, the standard is so high, I, I can't even in human words get it. The best that we can do is First John. As a man that professes Jesus, so ought he also himself to walk even as he walked. Right? I can't change that for anybody. But God knows what you are, and God loves you, and God saved you, and he knew what you'd be after he saved you. He knew what you were when you were yet without strength in due time. God didn't die for you when you were just. He died for the ungodly and saved you and put you in his family and started a work, and he's not going to quit you till the end of this world. And that ought to just put some hope in your soul. God would let a man. I just couldn't believe that. It's the exact same word. I was hoping it was a different word. That maybe they were saying deny couldn't, you know, mean something different. Maybe it was talking about a refusal to allow him to lord over them. That's what I was hoping to find. But it was a, a public denial. Denying the Lord that bought them. It's a rejection of. He even, he even said it with an oath the last time he said it. I know not the man. I'm going to get in shape and start running down these aisles when I get excited about this stuff. Shane, that excites my heart. You know what? That gives me some hope to know. I don't use that to excuse my behavior. I, and I know if you're really saved, I know you don't either. But I'm going to tell you, that puts some hope deep down in my soul that there's been, there's been some things that I've done. I'm telling you, I battled for years going back to my home community because I knew some things. They knew what I did and they knew what I was. And this one knew what I was. This one knew what I did. And so what we'll find ourselves doing is hiding ourselves because if, if these people know this about me. And so what we'll do is try to just hide and try to avoid and try to stay away because of the shame and the guilt and we'll just drown ourselves in guilt and, and shame and misery and, and God said I've forgiven you why don't you forgive yourself we looked at this in the, in the Bible say on Monday night if love if the, if, the, if, the, if the royal law said that you should love your neighbor it doesn't stop there it says to love your neighbor as what as thyself right so what is love well, love is patient. Love is kind. Look at, look at Corinthians, how it lays out what love is. So if God's telling you to be kind and to be patient with your neighbor, shouldn't you be kind and patient and loving towards yourself? Because you're to love others as you love yourself. So why are you destroying yourself with things God's forgiven you for and you won't do, go on do nothing for God because of something you did yesterday? It's under the blood. Go on for God. 
You've got to. Hey, you may be limited in your capacity. I'm not saying sin does not leave marks on the person and keeps them from being used in the same capacities that they were in. There's certain things that you can't do. I'm, I'm sorry. There's certain things in the ministry that won't allow. There's certain qualifications for a deacon. There's certain qualifications for a pastor. There may be something particular about your nature that brought about some things that keep you out of a certain area of ministry, but it has not stopped you from going on and pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high of God in Christ Jesus. Woo! Say, well, does that encourage you a little bit? Read, read, read what Peter denied the Lord and look at what he said. Bringing in damnable heresies, false teachers, even denying the Lord that bought them and they bring upon themselves swift destruction. <laughs> Man, that encourages me. Not because of the heresy and stuff like that. Understanding context now, this is different what we're talking about now. But Peter had to stop and think for a minute about what he was and what God, him, God had brought him from and where he stood when he stood and he said, you men of Israel, you have crucified the Lord of glory. And he stood up and thousands got saved. He stood up and preached the word of God and power and demonstration of the spirit. A man who had denied the Lord. Now, that don't excuse nothing now, right? Say, well, see, the Lord will forgive me, so I'll just go on. I, 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 if you got that attitude, you're messed up, and I can't help you. But if, you, if you've got a heart, or you've been overtaken in something, or whatever situation is in your life, if God's forgiven you, you've got to forgive yourself, and you've got to move on, do something with the time that's left. Redeeming the time, the days are evil. We don't have time to waste with formality and tradition and junk. We all, the time that's left, I want to spend it reaching the world with the gospel, encouraging his saints to be uh, filled and to grow up in him in all things. And I want to worship God with everything in my being, with spirit and truth. I want to worship God, and I don't want to be hindered in that because of how the devil makes me feel about myself. I don't care how unworthy the devil makes you feel. God pronounced your value when he died for you on Calvary. I hope, that, I hope that encourages you. I hope that helps you some this week. Does anybody else do that? I mean, that, that bothers you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I've seen it the most. I'll tell you where I've seen it the most. And I don't know if that's why it seems so dead and quiet here all the time or not. And maybe it's just your nature. I don't know. But I can tell you this much. I'll tell you what hindered me a lot of times. If I had not done something right, the whole time I'd be sitting there, that preacher would be preaching it, and I'd want to say amen, but I wouldn't open my mouth because I felt like what I was didn't make me worthy to be saying amen. Who are you to be acting like that? You're a hypocrite. Anybody else ever been told lies like that? Boy, you can't do that. It ain't about you anyway, right? I'm not going to shout and say amen on anything I've ever been to begin with. It's always been because of the truth and because of him, right? So I'm not saying if you don't do that, that's what's wrong with you. I'm saying some people, that's their nature. It's not. But for me, it was a lot of times I wouldn't do it because I let the enemy tell me how I feel. You need to quit listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself from the Word of God, right? Quit listening to yourself. Don't lean on that stuff. Well, uh, it's, all right, well, we got to go home. Well, I hate that. I feel like you just get started and you don't even get to go into anything much. But we can't go into this next part. It'll take us too long because we got a section here we're going to deal with and then talk about what comes later. 
But we'll just read the verses here. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth is evil spoken of. Shall, excuse me, shall be evil spoken of. So my next point is going to be refuse to follow. And we'll look in here and uh, go through just a couple of verses that talks about how to deal with those kinds of things. And, um, and uh, we won't do that tonight because it's already, I'm going past my time. Some of y'all don't believe me. I don't hear you putting your Bibles up. I don't know if I believe myself. But you know what? I hope you pray that I get to it. I hope I want to get to this, brother. I want to get to this so much. The Lord is able to deliver. Oh, I can't wait to that next verse. Stand to your feet. We can't go to that. Well, I appreciate the Lord's goodness to us. I appreciate the truth. I appreciate how the Lord has kept us from Boy, there's no telling where some of us would be if it wasn't for Bible preaching. Amen. Amen. If uh, God wouldn't have just took a man of God to just take the truth and preach it to us, where would we be without this great light of his word? So let's just uh, go out this week. Remember those that are sick and those that need us, need our support, Brother Montgomery and those others that are uh, in need. And let's remember them. And um, try to find one person this week you can give the gospel to. I know some people attack me for that. Say, well, you're selling it too short. I think sometimes we get discouraged because we try to do so much that we fail. So we discourage ourselves from trying to do anything. Why don't you just try to reach one person this week, right? Sometimes we get discouraged trying to save the world. Just reach one person this week with the gospel and give them the gospel. Lord, we love you. Thank you for helping us from your word. I don't know where my family would be. I don't know where I'd be, Lord, without the word of God. I, could very easily have been led astray. There's many people that came into my life before I got saved that tried to lead me astray with false prophecies. And Lord, you brought the truth to me and guided me. Thank you so much these so many years. You've just kept me in the word and helped me and kept my family safe by your precious word. We're nothing, Lord, without you. But I testify everybody in here to save. Lord, we thank you for the light of your word. And love, we love you in Jesus' name. We'll have a verse. If you need to come, you can come on.